All right, welcome to Hyperborean Radio, only for the most intelligent, discerning, and dedicated of heathens. Um, yeah, I'm Celtic God. With us today, as usual, is the lore keeper. You want to go over what the title of the episode is called? Because kind of think that we should probably start with what it means. The deci- we decided to call it today via negativa, which is after uh, an old term that basically means to describe something by what it is not. So instead of describing something by the attributes we know it to have, and this is especially useful for amorphous concepts, where you know what it is when you're looking at it, but you can't really describe it, via negativa is basically saying what it's not, what's, what's lacking in it. And I think that's one of the most useful concepts there. Yeah, I can't read this. Uh, okay. Yeah, via negativa, definition, a way of describing something by saying what it's not, especially denying that any finite concept or attribute can be identified with or used of God or ultimately reality. So typically it is used in Spir- reference to uh, s- spirituality. Well, and it's because spirituality is one of the most amorphous concepts. Right. The harder you try to grab it, the more the- that you try to define it, the less definable it becomes. But it, it's not only that, because it's actually one of the concepts that they use for comparative mythology or well, that they're supposed to use. Yes, they don't. Well, but they're well, supposed they to. go the half assed way, which is, well, this one has a thunder god and this one has a thunder god. Comparative mythology. When actually what you would do in actual comparative mythology is thunder god, thunder god. How are they different? It, it's kind of we do this a lot. OK, we know the shape of humans across the globe regardless of the species of human so then we take that and we remove that from the discussion because we already know that we have that in in common and the more in common things that we find and remove the more the differences actually begin to shine well it's like we were discussing this before is if you compare us to the other races and you look at what's similar well we're both roughly the same shape we all have teeth most of us have noses um eyes you know five fingers were mo- well hyperboreans less so but we were perceived as mostly hairless see i'm going to be an asshole here and i'm going to say that we don't have five fingers we have eight fingers and two thumbs okay you got you're doing the world technically technically but it's something that it's one of the reasons that we're able to notice all these differences between the races is we're taught to look at the similarities but that makes you miss the world of difference right like saying well this thunder well, and god and really this we thunder do god. it with pretty much everything that we put forward that people do- don't like to hear is um we start off with the assumption that we're wrong most people start off with the assumption that they're correct or that they got the correct answer we well, start th- off with the assumption the exact opposite we start off like with the bear thing we start off with this is so batshit crazy this can't be based on anything close to reality and then you dig into diet physiology folklore mythology uh personality and you're like wow i think our ancestors were onto something we might actually be bear people right or like that one chinese guy he said we're the hairy people and we're like we're not that hairy proceed to look into it we're pretty much the only race with vellus hair at least on the scale that we have it well yeah because the other races sometimes have it either because they're mixed or some of them will have it specifically on their face Mm -hmm. but nowhere else or Yeah, there's all kinds of of variation fluctuation. Well, it's like anytime someone says, well, technically, it's... it's, There's bullshit coming right behind it. Well, and um, what actually got us onto this was we started looking at our analytics for our 
our podcast, which, by the way, thanks, guys, for sharing it around. Our accounts are going up. We're getting more people listening. We really appreciate it. So you guys are doing your job. We're going to keep doing our job. And um, by the way, we also have a Patreon. I don't know if we've advertised it on here or not. We've been nailing it really good on um, on Telegram. But you guys can follow us on, on our Patreon, Hyperborean Radio. Basically, right now, we're using it as a notepad. Uh, uh, yeah, as a notepad. We don't put everything on there because um, all of you guys listening are not following over there on the Patreon. As we get more people, we're going, obviously, we're going to interact with it more. And we put early early episodes as soon as I get the podcast edited for, you know, awkward silences and whatnot. Yeah, I put it, I've been putting it over there to for an early access since the you can get what the five dollar ten dollar twenty dollars what we got set that's, up that's right what now. we have it set up as so yeah. pretty much if you just for five bucks a month yeah we give the podcast away anyways so we just put it over there early it'll be up anywhere from usually we try to record on saturday sometimes i have it edited on sunday or monday but usually a day or two before it actually comes out on the podcast platforms to go back to the via negativa This is one of the reasons we started thinking about this is it's because the last two weeks we've done the cult series. And part of how we decided to define them was we had to start chipping away at what they weren't. Well, let's back up before we get into that. And with the analytics, what was it that we noticed? That people do not like it when we challenge the assumption. Here's the thing is we don't really do our opinion. And if we do do our opinion, we admit it right up front. We do do our opinion. Yes, there I'm is, sorry, I'm a three-year-old child. I well, there is a it. reason that ever, people say everyone has opinions and they all smell like shit. Mm-hmm. But yes, every, <clears throat> we noticed that on some of the shows, it starts off obviously at 100% because it doesn't break it down like who who turned it off when. We can't see all that. What we can see is uh, we start every show starts off with 100%. And then <clears throat> you, we can see approximately roughly where, the minutes when people stop listening and all these dives and say it drops by 10% or 20%, we lost 10 or 20% retention on it. We noticed every time it's because we say something that um, goes against the flow. Well, like just in the recent podcast, the biggest drop-offs daring to say that shaman isn't a European word and that we have thousands that are its rough equivalent, but from a European or Hyperborean context. Right. And so therefore shamanism as people know it doesn't exist for well, Hyperboreans. Well, they base it off of non, not our traditions. Right. Uh, Which is why they use that word specifically, by the way. Well, or Galder just means singing. This doesn't take away from Galder. It adds to singing. That's right. what people don't understand. Uh, the ancestor cult, while important, is not a lot of people's primary. It's true. Everybody's an ancestor cultist to some extent, but very few people that is going to be their main. Uh, the pantheons are not a thing, and calling yourself a Norse pagan or a Celtic pagan really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. There are thousands of gods, minimum, in each of these pantheons. Whether you venerate what which deity you venerate, why you venerate them, do you even bother to venerate the deities? Because you might be someone who's more in right. tune with dwarves or and elves. This is or not fae. at all to shame somebody that doesn't venerate them or the elves, or because you can place a hundred percent. You you can actually be a faithful ethnic faith follower and place a hundred percent of your importance upon the people. Yep, like the gods are a a serious afterthought and only examples. Well, and then this is why we say things like you can believe the gods are just archetypes and still be pagan. That's not exactly what we subscribe to. 
But I can see why someone could do that. And that's the beautiful thing about mythology, folklore, our tales, is you can take them from any of these angles and they still have meaning. We've noticed that we're, uh, wow, and the more controversial the thing is that we say, the more against the standard norm, the more against the Indian, the more against the shaman, the more against, uh, uh, I don't know, rubbing, the magicians ru- and the rubbing fucking chakra stones on your anus before you, you sing your hymnal. Make sure you shove it up <clears throat> to the green when it hits the purple. You're doing really good. Right. <laughs> Anybody that's looked at those graphs, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, you aren't missing anything. Don't bother. But we've noticed that the more that we go against these perceived I, I don't even know what to call it. It's the esoteric nonsense. Well, it's what we've been saying for a while is the occult is what ruins paganism. And this is partly why we wanted to bring the via negativa up, because it's why we'll say things like that's not pagan. It's not because we can define what paganism is in this beautiful little box. Ethnic faith, much like the concept of anything spiritual, really, is def- it's impossible to fully divine. It's too amorphous. It's too broad. It's too complex. But you can tell what it's not. Right. It's like when someone starts talking about the trinity of Odin as the one true God and all the gods are aspects of Odin. For instance, where have we heard of this trinity God before? Yes. Well, you start to notice by uh, understanding what paganism is not and understanding what Christianity is, you can start to see where these things split up. Right. And where they're coming from, so on and so forth. So, yeah... The more controversial the thing is that we say, the more people that, that leave. And um, you know what? We're not going to stop. Well, here's the thing is if you want to have your balls stroked and just constantly told you're a good boy for doing whatever some YouTube person that probably read like one book is telling you. Right. Well, like the one guy people. that y- you caught him out and then he just kind of. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, he was constantly quoting. Well, what was it? The Mabinogian. And he. Apparently never read it past like the first three pages. Oh, I never personally confronted him, but he. No, but I did. Oh, yeah. But he pretty much only says what he always brings up when he talks about it. And I won't name names because because it doesn't matter. And we don't want to advertise for him. Well, simply put, we're grownups. We're not going to start drama. He knows who he is. If he's listening. Hello. Because I've never read the Mabinogian. Most uh, I've read the first few pages, and then I kind of put it down because it's written. At least the translation I have is written really, really poorly. But the fact that he is quoting from one of those first few pages I've read, yeah, that tells and me he hasn't only read. the first few pages. Well, because the further you get into the Mabinogian, because I've read it's a train sections. Wreck. Well, it's not even the train wreck. It's it's the problem all the Celtic myths had is they were written by people that clearly didn't care about them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you've ever read uh, the stuff by Lady Augusta Gregory, the God of Gods and Fighting Men, it is like trying to read while molasses is getting sprayed in your eyes with a garden hose. Right. It is painful. Well, and um, so at this moment, if you're one of the people that's been with us for a while and you always listen right to the end, <laughs> fucking bravo, bravo. But yeah, via negativa, this uh, another point is, okay, there, there's a, a verbal trap that Christians and mostly Hindus are the ones that's tried using it. I mean, have you ever considered that everything that you know is untrue? The answer for, for us is yes, every day, wake up assuming that everything that we think that we know is wrong. And then simple as that. Then it's pretty simple. Have you? Right. Like everyone listening to this, have you ever considered everything you know might be wrong? 
ask yourself this question because yeah. it's like um, yesterday when I was at work, I was talking to somebody. All of your preconceptions. I was I was talking to somebody, and he brings up that he's getting baptized. So I ask him which kind. He says, "Oh, non-denominational," which basically means it's a build a bear religion. He's never read the book. And he thinks I'm an atheist because I'm mildly critical. I don't insult him directly, but I'm just like, oh, you just follow the Jewish wizard. Interesting. And he thinks I'm an atheist. So he starts talking about, well, I used to be a non-believer, too. So then I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not an atheist. He's like, oh, you're not? No, I'm not. I'm a pagan. And I believe your God exists. I just believe he's a liar. They they don't know how to react. And these conversations are way easier to have in real life than than people think they are. Like we was talking about how... um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to leave that alone for now, and let's see if it works its way into the conversation because it's, it's, yeah. Well, and the main reason we actually wanted to talk about Via Negativa is society at large because we've been talking about the cults for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things we started to realize is the absence of these cults has massive, massive ramifications. Which actually helped us identify what they actually are. You can look at it and kind of figure it out, but then once you start looking at the world and using the the via negativa method, you can actually start seeing where it's missing and what it actually is, like way deep down inside at its core. Well, it's like why are so many women, like not specifically the female gender, but like feminists, why are so many of them batshit crazy? It's because, one, they're scared. They're constantly scared. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is there's not a lot of strong men, but then feminists repeat the pattern and make weak men, and it's all because they can't Because they're scared of strong men, but because there are no strong men, they are scared. Yes, they think that by removing the strong men that they won't be scared anymore. But by removing strong men and just having weak men, all you're doing is making a more dangerous scenario. Mm -hmm. Because strong men can fight other strong men, but when you have only weak men... Or even just weak right. men and then well, a few strong to men. To use one of these uh, tired political statements, what what is the best defense against a bad guy with a gun? A good guy with a gun. I mean, it's it's really blatant as something else that we was talking about before, too. Like, the, the left, the progressives, the conservatives were pretty much apolitical. But um, anyways, all these different groups, they, they there's good ideas, good... good um, things that they say. Uh, one of them is, we was talking about health. And probably the the quickest, easiest way to get to a healthier lifestyle isn't asking what you can add, which is the direction most people take. What can I add? What else can I eat? What 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 can I do more? When really the quickest way to getting healthier is probably asking yourself, what can I do without? What can I do without or what am I lacking? Either way uses a via negativa method. Mm hmm. Because most people, they don't eat very well. But the solution isn't to, well, I'll just start eating berries, you know, with my Dr. Pepper. You'd be further off without the Dr. Pepper and still not having the berries than you would be putting berries in your Dr. Pepper. A lot of it comes down to things are not that simple. Because most people will be like, well, if I just cut soda out, it'll be fine. Things are simple, but... Because they're not overly complex, but once you start actually looking at the thing, well, it's, then an entire world opens up. I've, I've used oranges before as, as the description. You, you look at an orange, it's simple. This is an orange. But then you break open the orange, and then you got the meat inside. And then you look at the meat, and the meat is made up of these little nodules. 
And inside the little nodules is juice and, and then little a seed. fibers and a seed. And, and then in that seed is the potential for a new tree, and the cycle continues. Right, and it's it's infinitely complex, even though it's simple. Most people are going straight to the complex, and so therefore they miss the simple, or they go overly simple and don't understand that there is a complexity in it. It's, it's not nearly as hard as what people are making things well it's like we've described before is we're basically occam's razor the people but the thing is is <laughs> while while yes the solutions are simple they're not always that case basically right. the it's like we talked about on a warrior cult day as a people we follow guidelines mm -hmm. these are very loose we know them instinctively you might have a clan or a brotherhood or a, a club or whatever that or personal code that you input on yourself but you don't put it on other people right well and another thing too about our people which is really irritating me is uh, our people is both irritating and not irritating i guess they're always looking for currently looking for some secret or hidden truth that's the esoteric right that it's irritating that they're looking for that but our people don't actually have esoteric or hidden truths we don't do that even think about your children. You might not tell your children everything. You might get them a present, and you hide the present from them. Okay, true. But is there a hidden meaning behind that, or do you just not want them to see it yet? And now when you give it to them, is there some deep esoteric meaning as to why you got them the present or, or are giving them that present, or are you doing it simply because... Ta-da! Here, I hope that you enjoy it. Well, I think a lot of it comes from uh, Semitic culture. And this isn't... I'm not saying Semitic like a dirty word. That's literally like the Middle Eastern cultures. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't get in trouble. Even on YouTube, we never get in trouble for saying Semitic or Jew. Oh, my, the words, they'll get kicked off any platform. No, we've never we gotten dinged we for that. We use it for descriptives. Yeah, we use it the way that it's supposed to be used. Well, where we do get in trouble is for telling the truth. That's why we don't really put much up on YouTube because we are on the verge of losing our YouTube channel. Yeah, we mostly just use it as advertisement for the podcast and occasional borderline meme videos at this right. point. Yeah, it's because we are we don't even have any strikes and we are right up against being. Oh yeah, they don't off. bother. We, with we the have a big system. warning on our on our page. studio. Yeah, yeah, on our studio page saying. If you break the rules one more time, even though you don't have any strikes, you will lose your channel. Yes, we, we've been a very bad boy. Yes, for we've YouTube. been very, very naughty. But um, a lot of this, basically what it is, is people are unaware of their own nature. And the Semitic stuff, because if you actually look, even like the Greek and Roman, like esoteric traditions, they come from interaction with the Near East. Mm -hmm. So like uh, someone goes to... Persia, or I guess today it would be Iran, and they, they speak to a bunch of their magi, and they come back and they start teaching an esoteric nonsense tradition that involves fava beans being something unable to be eaten for reasons, and the, the holiness of the triangle or circle or whatever nonsense there floats their boat today. Yeah, the crazy personality heading up a cult isn't anything new. <laughs> right. Well, as a matter of fact, that's why we was told that our podcast, our Telegram channel, our YouTube channel, nothing would ever be a success and nobody will give us time of day is because we're not telling people what they want to hear. Well, here's the I thing. I mean, like we've had, we, we've known some of the bigger names in these spheres, um, whether they were bigger names and have disappeared or they're even decent sized names now that have actually told us 
people don't want to hear the truth. And we just can't believe that. We well, it, know that there's some people out there that want to hear the truth. How do we know that? Because you're listening to us now. Well, here's the thing is it is of no help to our people to hand you a Yahweh replacement because people have actually pointed this out. The word God is derived from pagan tradition. Mm-hmm. It is an actual pagan word. It may tie into a specific God. It may mean a a god as well, in a spirit. Academics try to do that, but then when you actually dig into it, it doesn't fit. It, it doesn't fit. It just means whichever god that person holds, it, yeah. or is even talking about at that time. It's not even holds highest. It's who are they talking about at the moment? Well, precisely, and this is partly what. But let's say that let's just give it to them for now. Okay, that means when people are praying to Yahweh, they're using a pagan god name. Mm-hmm. This is why we say it doesn't matter what you call Yahweh if you treat the god like Yahweh. Well, no one's using the Bible. Most Christians to, don't use the Bible. To paraphrase um, Shakespeare, arose by any other name. Precisely. Because here's the thing is almost nobody's view of Yahweh is based on the Bible. Right. I mean, even the, the term via negativa, it used to be used to try and define what God was because even the priests and scholars of the church were not using the Bible with the stories of Yahweh to define what God was. Mm-hmm. They were trying to reach this esoteric secret of the divine it's almost always been as far as hyperboreans are concerned it's almost always been a -a build-a-bear well and i've noticed well you can actually see this with before you know the gutenberg bible and people could actually read it and be like what the hell is this it got really weird like in the alps there was one gnostic cult where lucifer was like the god of the earth and yahweh was the god of the sky and basically what they made it into was like you communed with satan because why would you bother with the guy in the sky? He's all the way up there. Who the hell cares? He's right. not listening to us. So so, so there were unintentional Satanists. Um, yes. uh, you go to Spain. There is somebody who uh, believed that God was a cheesemaker. And the angels were the maggots in the cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I, I find interesting is uh, our sub counts on the telegram. We go up, 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 down, down, up, up, down, down. Uh, oh, yeah. But we'll gain... What, uh, like the one day we got 12 new subs. Sounds great. Our sub count only went up by two. Basically, our our sub count on Telegram is the definition of two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, because it's (laughs) and and we always know when it's going to happen. It's like, okay, we're going to tell them the truth. People aren't going to like this. They're going to go fuck off. And it does on the sub count. What's great, though, is the the uh, positive reactions are actually going up on the more truthful and harsh realities. Well, it's like to tie back into the cults and the absence of them. One of the biggest issues with the modern pagan sphere, people don't want responsibility. Mm -hmm. Think of how most people do paganism. That's where we've actually lost the most, uh, the most subs really is saying it's great that you want to do ethnic, uh, ethnic faith, but here's your responsibility. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants that. It's like people that... Well, and not just here's your responsibility, but here is your authority. Well, it's like people want to be in charge because they want power, but they... Until it's handed to them. Yes. Well, like um, people will point out, well, the chieftains of old had long hair, so it was a mark of status. It was a mark of servitude because the chieftain was a servant of the people. Yes. He may be the all-father, which just means patriarch or chieftain, by the way. But he wasn't the he wasn't the leader in the sense of king who has no responsibilities. Yeah, he wasn't laying on a what are those things called a duvet? I don't know. Uh, a duvet 
freaking uh, slurping, having grapes Lazy dropped into his couch. mouth. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't. No, that was not what the chief was. Yes, he wasn't hedonism bot from Futurama. Right. No, he had a lot of responsibilities. No, And everyone wants the power, but none of the responsibility. I think that's why so many people end up going druid or shaman or whatever. And here's the thing is, the equivalence of these things had a lot of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to just say, well, I have status because of this. Because the moment you're given responsibility, you shirk at it. No. it's And here's the thing. The whole point when you're in a pagan community is to give more than you take. Once you are taking more than you give, you are parasitic. Like, for example, uh, the wayside shrine we used to go to. It was built for someone who died. We don't know who. But it had power. It had a, a spiritual energy. Yeah, there was a sincerity there. Yes. It's gone now. Because I'm guessing it was the Wiccans because there's, yeah, there's a lot of Yeah, there's a lot of Wiccans that live in this, in this area. But the Wiccans tend to take more than they give. Because even when they give, it's a form of it's barter. It's on condition. It's barter. Yeah. So now they basically they killed a wayside, wayside shrine by paying too much attention to it. Well, and they are literally paying. They weren't giving care. They weren't giving attention. They weren't giving their time. They were trying to buy something, mm-hmm. even if it, it was just pats on the back. Yeah, you're even a good if person. It, yeah, exactly. And we've been we've been actually this is not a new thing. We've just been phrasing it this way: give more than than you take to make it painfully obvious but really we've been saying it for a long time and it's not just a way of saying give us money i mean we could use some thanks but it's that's not what we're saying we're saying in general in life you need to give more than than you take one example is that old phrase of um uh, mark of a healthy society is an old man planting a tree whose shade he'll know he'll never sit under yes well and that's the other problem is people are like this person planted a million trees yes and a million trees died yes why? Because we see that a lot in the modern day. Give us a dollar, we'll plant a tree. And they do. They have to legally. But what they don't have to do is take care of it. And therefore, that million trees, anybody that's just planted a tree out in their yard, as healthy as your yard might be, you plant the tree, it dies. Not always, but you have to take care of that tree. The pledge to plant a tree and the pledge to take care of a tree are two separate things. Kind of like that uh, that little video that I did uh, with the the pirate thing on Telegram, where it's more guidelines. Except for I cut it in the beginning to where that was not part of our bargain. Because she's like, "You have to take me back to shore." And he says, "That was not part of our bargain." Well, and that's it ties into Hyperboreans follow the spirit of the agreement, not the literal agreement. Right. I mean, you don't want us following the literal, and that's where we end up getting taken on on a ride for a lot of these things is we see give us a dollar we'll go plant a tree that's great here's a hundred dollars go plant a hundred trees we take for granted that they're these trees are going to actually be cared for but they're not i've i've actually participated in some of these organizations that do this before they became popular and i stopped participating because i saw exactly what these they don't even give a fuck no it's all about business. the tree that they put it put in the ground now, half of them, they just throw down on the ground and call it planted. Some of them, it'll be like a trench, and you just kind of scatter the trees out and then kick dirt over top of it and walk the fuck away. They don't care. But they have to put the tree in the ground, which is a sapling, or they're they're liable by law. So they do the absolute minimum, and away they go. That's why I don't give to things like that. I'd rather give to somebody that, that entertains the shit out of me. 
Oh, yeah, like a busker. Yes. And, and I've paid them well when I had the money. Well, I would love for street performers to come back, but right now I, I couldn't. It's so corrupt. Yeah. It, and here's the thing is this is why understanding what's missing from society. And a lot of it comes back to trust. A lot of it comes back to people have lost the idea that we have responsibility to each other. And part of it is there's not a community like us. We, we live in an apartment complex mm -hmm. and we do talk to people and we do try to actually communicate and actually try to. Do well, it. that's like McThunder um, on his channel uh, a couple days ago last week. I don't know. I lose track of time because we're doing so much all the time. But he did this wonderful post about growing your own food and grow your own food, uh, feed your family. And then I, I pointed out to him and your neighbors because that builds community. He's like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. So he went back and added it up in there. Bravo. I, I'm glad. But, yeah, building community, it's really important because of trust. We need to start building trust with each other. Well, and it starts small. It starts with I had some of the green beans we could not eat. And it's it, it builds from there. Right. Well, and I've, I've told you stories before where, like, I walked into – because I like the small corner stores, like the the mom and pop in the middle of nowhere towns. And I walked in there, 4th of July uh, celebration. I bought a bunch of random sodas. I couldn't give them away. I, sealed sodas, nothing wrong with them. I literally just walked out of the store with them. I, I even bought a bucket and some ice to put them in. And I tried giving them away, and nobody would take them because what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Well, it's partly people are trained not to accept gifts. It's actually, I've brought this up and we'll probably end up doing a podcast on it at some point. But like Santa Claus, for instance. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's just a commercialized Coca-Cola mascot. No, 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 no. You have no idea the importance of Santa Claus on mm -hmm. a cultural, spiritual level. He's effectively the spirit of giving. I mean, it's even said the, the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of giving. When you commercialize the spirit of giving into nothing more than a mascot, buy my plastic crap. That level of spiritual tainting, and I don't like using these like weird holistic hippie words, but for lack of a better term, fucking hippies. It's true. When you corrupt something as simple as a spirit of giving into a spirit of commerce, something bad has happened. Right. So from a healing, uh, spirit of healing to, to get into um, the cults that we've been trying to, and we have been talking about them, just not in the way that makes it blatantly obvious. But you remove the, the healing cult. That goes away and it becomes mercantile. Well, yeah, like medicine used to be a sacred rite, mm -hmm. R-I-T-E. Uh, if you went to a healing temple, they had to help you. It wasn't about could you pay. It's what can we do for you? And then they might receive gifts or renown or something like that, like mm -hmm. the Temple of Asclepius. This has been twisted into... Well, we have to praise the well, great doctors. Well, they even doctors. went so far as to change the symbol from the symbol of healing to the symbol of uh, of the mercantile. Well, they they changed the it from the god of Slepi, uh, the rod of Asclepius, which is the god of medicine and healing and these sorts of things. I, I don't even think they use uh, Hygieia's symbol, which is the no, I have seen pharmacy. It except for in the oldest of places. But they changed that to Hermes' symbol. And Hermes is a neat god, but he is the god of thieves and merchants. Yes. So they, they've changed the medical symbol from the healing symbol to the symbol of mercantiles and, and thieves. Yeah. It's, and it shows. It shows in the care that they give. Yes. They, they, are no longer they are no longer 
devoted to the god Asclepius. They're right. devoted to the god Hermes. And, it's and the we pointed wrong out business for that. And we pointed out the healing cult is more than just medicine. It is the the group of busybody women that are bored, but they want the community to get built up. So then they use their busybody in a natures in a positive way to create. I don't know, a barn celebration for Halloween, and then they badger everybody to show up. And then everyone has a great time. Right, and then everybody has a great time. Well, it's like the healing cult used to be about community. It used to be about healing the ruptures. It was the the shield and the, yeah, because the sutures. There's even, there's even historic reference that the members of the uh, cult of Asclepius, it wasn't just healing on an individual medical level. Sometimes they would be called in literally to heal a community well, and not of any physical illness it was because everybody was depressed and they're growing apart and we need somebody to revivify well a couple of the the best examples of this is two of the main things you should know about the cult of Asclepius first of all one of the first things people had to do was literally get there wash themselves and then sleep sleep The, the the point was rest and just getting yourself clean that was the first step I mean, granted, there's actual medical reasons for this, but just on a psychological level, it's a moment of peace. And then the other thing is they had dogs like therapy dogs for hospitals are old. Right. And a lot of people, especially academics, will point out, you know, the the whole herbs in the water thing and for licking the wounds. Yeah, that was part of it. But honestly, I think the bulk of it was exactly what you just said. It was the emotional easing. Well, dog. We've been taking care of dogs forever. I mean, some of the well, oldest and they've inscri- been taking care of us. Well, yeah, like some of the oldest inscriptions in our societies are "I buried my beloved dog here," something along those lines. The dogs have been a spiritual component of who we are for a very, very long time. Do not devalue the dogs. In fact, this ties us into the animal cult, because by devaluing an animal's life, we devalue our own life. Yes. Because we are an inherently very empathetic people. Mm-hmm. We care about the baby sparrow. We care about Well, and how many things. people still today, it's easy to find people that I like animals more than I like people. And then look at how you're treating the animals. What does that say about how we treat each other? Well, and here's the thing is we know we're animals. In fact, I brought this up a little while ago. As a people, they've weirdly convinced us. Well, not weirdly. I'm trying to use weird properly from now on. Oddly, they've convinced us that we are the most removed from nature when we're the most wild and bestial of all the people. We look the most animalistic. We are the most in tune with nature. We're the most capable of interacting with animals. I mean, we make friends with baby raccoons, and then we can't make them leave us alone. Yes. it will. It, they'll actually start trying to help us garden, like, oh, you're digging hole. I dig hole for you, human. Yes. It's, it's a whole thing, and really, society encourages us to be separate and there's a reason for that which is why the cults all these cults they're very very important there is not one that is more important than than another no, we, we need, need all, them all of all. them and more because there's more than the 10 we did we've brought this oh, up yes. in the last one but that ties into the wilderness cult and what's that cost we're not able to be part of nature we define ourselves as separate right. there's the human and then there is the non-human this is not okay this is not how we're meant to function Right, and we're not talking about in some weird hippie-ass way. Because every one of these groups, the hippies, they get certain things right. But then they turn around and they run off and left field and they bump into the fence because they didn't notice that it was there while they're picking daisies and they missed the pop fly. 
Well, it's it's the twisting. It's like the person who cares about the wilderness, instead of being taught that we should try to find a way for humans and nature to work together, it's humans are a virus. I need to kill them. And you right. end up with eco-terrorists. Or, or keeping them out of the force because we, oh. we see those people all the time too. Like, well, the only w- we need nature and we need wilderness and I love wilderness, but humans do nothing but destroy nature. So we need to keep humans away from nature. No, no, that is exactly why we need to get them into nature so that they stop destroying it willingly or allowing it to be destroyed. We need that interaction because it makes us more human. Well, and this is the other thing as you get into the fertility cult. What's lacking with the fertility cult is the lack of attention to the future and the past. It's all about me. It's all about me currently. There's no idea of generating the future. There's no idea of continuing the past. It's me, 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 me. What is me doing right now? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like it should be part of the fertility cult, but it is. Because the fertility cult, by its very nature, has to understand the whole cycle. Well, at least the beginning and end. It's, I like the way that you described it that one time. It's where the snake bites its tail. Yes. It's, so it's the beginning and the end. It's you're born and then you die and everything you do in between is kind of your own business. Yeah. It's actually weirdly enough that makes the uh, the weird sisters <laughs> some fertility gods because what do they what do they bother with the beginning and the end? Yes. And then the death cultist is about the living. No, oh, the death cultist is all about death. I hate to tell you. No, it's about the living part of it. But let's go with the stereotypical the morticians and and the uh, the graveyard the the grave caretakers i've talked to these people because they just some of them strike me as being very i don't even know how to describe it all the words i come up with they've been ruined by modernity but they're they're very like the one graveyard uh caretaker i was telling you about uh, where he would go through and he would um clean all the headstones he would bring flesh 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 flowers what he would bring the flesh right he would bring fresh flowers and or plant flowers with the graves he'd clean the headstones he'd refurbish the headstones he he took immaculate care of this graveyard i asked him why do you care so much for for the um for the dead this is awesome he's like oh no what i do isn't for them i do it for the living and yeah we had a really interesting conversation because he understood while the people didn't come to the graves all the time, how important it was for them to be able to connect with the ones that they lost. So everything that he did wasn't for the dead. He did it for the living. Same way with morticians. Why do you go through, take such care to present this? And we know the morticians. There's some of them that they suck and they're just doing it for money. And then there's other ones that go above and beyond and, and, like, I don't know, if you're trying to order a really expensive coffin, they'll be like, they'll look at you and be like, no, you, you don't need that one. This one over here that's like $10,000 cheaper will do what you need it to do. They do what they do for the living. They don't do it for the dead. They respect the dead, of course. Uh, that's part of our nature. But what they do, the way that they do it, the the execution of it is actually for the living. And any of these cults, they aren't intrinsically tied to any profession. Like, not all morticians are death cultists. Not all graveyard 
caretakers are, are death cultists. They might be fertility cultists. They could be healing cultists. They could be animists. They, the cult has nothing to do with the profession. Well, and a lot of what the what the mortician and the the uh, graveyard caretaker was describing is healing the soul, which is the core function of the animist. Mm-hmm. Is it's not just it is healing the soul, not just of people, but of a place. Right. It is something that is so damaging right now because here's the thing is without the soul being healthy, it's not just the individual soul. It's the soul of the people. It's the soul of the place. It's why when you go into a city, everything, you can feel almost a radiating anger and sorrow. It is a confused, angry area. And if you've never left a city, never left a city, you, you might not know. You notice it, but it just doesn't hit your consciousness. You have to get away from it. And then come back and you'll be, you can feel it. Well, it's weird because I actually, um, when I used to draw uh, my old hometown, when I used to drive away from it and then into it, I didn't really notice anything because I would move too fast because mm-hmm. highways. But then one day I took a really long bike ride. And then when I was coming from a town outside of where I lived and I was coming home, I could feel just a, once I realized I was back in town, it was like a wave of just depression and fear and anxiety and all of these negative components. And I'm not from like New York or Chicago. This is a relatively small city mm-hmm. where it with a lot of trees. It's still, you could feel that broken down despair. We need to, to fix it. And the easy answer is, is leave the cities. Well, yes, I, I, it's a thing. But cities are still going to happen. We've discussed this before. There's no reason for the cities to be the way that they are. We, we've nearly always had cities. I mean, if, all the villages, let's go with the stereotype, all the villages cap out at 250 individuals, except for this one over here at a crossroads. That one has 5,000. While we wouldn't call a population of 5,000 a city anymore, in comparison to 250, 5,000 is a city. Well, and here's the weird thing people don't understand about cities. Is cities are not just a village that kept growing because usually what ends up happening is the cities grow into each other. Like New York is a famous example because yeah. it was originally five separate cities. Well, that's like the city that we live in right now. It's actually uh, like a dozen towns that grew together. Well, that's like my hometown. It is vastly connecting and because uh, you can actually drive through. There's literally a town that is surrounded by my hometown. You can bike through it and no matter what direction you leave it from, you will hit my hometown. That's how that's how big my hometown right. is. It and the thing is, it. it's always done this to one degree or another since since we started um, building villages. Yes. And it doesn't matter if the village started at a cave where we wintered and then we just never left. Well, and if mounds are the way we think they are, yeah. because like uh, we we believe that based on the evidence and what we've looked at in our own people's nature, a lot of the mounds were actually homes. Mm hmm. And it actually fits. You should look into it a bit more. But or go back and listen to the Mounds podcast. Yes, get into that, that a lot that's detail. even better. Go back and listen to the Mounds podcast. If you haven't already, that's all one the of way my through favorites. from beginning to end, because you guys are the cool ones. Yes. not the people that leave just because you get your feels hurt. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite podcasts. So check that out. But if you actually look at that, some of those mounds go on for miles. Like uh, in America, we have some famous mounds and. If you buy into some of the stuff that implies we were here before the supposed European uh, settlers, pretty much the entirety of the Mississippi would have been one giant mound village. Yeah. And, and can we prove that? No. No, no we but can't. we can also point to 
how people instinctively love hobbit towns. Right. And that's one of the things I did was I took real world mounds, pictures of, of the hobbit village that they built, pictures of fortresses, mixed them all up. You tell me which one is which. On which it. one is the house? Which one is the burial mound? And which one is the fortress? Well, why? And you... it, it, it's nearly impossible to tell them apart, isn't it? Yes, uh, and it also ties into our own nature because, like, well, the mount, this mound is clearly sacred because it's made in the shape of a bear or a snake or whatever. Yeah, we do that now. What about the one that's built in the shape of a giant penis and testicles? Well, that's the. I thing. forget the name of that one. Well, we have houses now that are shaped like a boot, that are shaped like a pine cone. Yeah. Uh, we do it all the time. It's because, well, what if we did this? Said so we do. And then yeah. eventually we get bored of it and we destroy well, and it. Sometimes it happens else. on accident and sometimes it happens on purpose. Well, that's like there's an entire village that's in the shape of a person in, uh, I think it's Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was done on purpose. I think we just kind of ended up doing that. It's, it's quite possible. It's also possible that maybe it was planned that way. But it doesn't matter because the fact is it's shaped like a person. And that's a lot of what's missing because it's not just the 10 cults we've talked about and all the cults together. The further our people get away from our ethnic pagan roots, our native spirituality, the worse things get. And you can see it because like we've been pointing this out is you have hollows, people that look like their very soul has been eaten out by termites. Right. Most people know them by the term NPC. NPC or doll's eyes yeah. because they usually start to lose the, the light behind their eyes. It's like there's nothing. Nobody there. The lights right. are on, but nobody's. Home. Well, and this is my theory on them. They was born with a with a soul, with that that seed that could grow and flourish and become a great and mighty, I don't know, oak tree. Spiritual oak. Yeah, the spiritual oak. However, they let it die for a myriad of reasons. There's there's a, a thousand thousand reasons that a person might let that die. And they become empty. Which is partly why I tell people, every pagan out there, every person who practices ethnic faith, you are a beacon. You are there to light them up, give light their inner flame again. But you don't do it by... Well, I can help you. I'm a trained Gothi of the whatever. No, you... The pre- the Gothi thing pisses me right the fuck off. It really does, because this is the reality of it, folks. And this is... It's kind of a divergence from what we're talking about, but it's also not. Every man is the... The priest, the priest of his of his family. Well, he it, is the spiritual guide. The, the woman is like the spiritual light, but the... The man is the spiritual guide of the family. This is your responsibility, damn it. Yes, and you do not offload it onto somebody else. Have you ever wondered why they made you call the priest father? And this is the thing is, via negativa, what was a pagan priest? Actually, look at the evidence. Look at the stories. What were they? Because they almost never show up, if you haven't noticed. And when they do, it's a completely different divergence from how everybody else does it. It's completely infuriating. And and I've noticed that the bulk of the time when people leave us, it's what we're not even taking away their toys because we'll, while we take away their little toy car, we turn around and hand them back an RC, a, a, a big giant RC car that they can play with. So did we take away a toy? Yeah, but we gave them more. We, we gave more than what we took. The other is when we say, here is your responsibility and the, all the authority that goes with it. And they're like, what? No, I can't have that. 
Well, it's like uh, when we explain that just because a god is male does not mean it had mostly male followers and vice versa. Like, for instance, Frere, he had male followers, yes. But most of the records I found indicate primarily female followers, at least the, the ones that were fanatical. Right, the ones that were enough that people actually wrote about them. Yes, and it's actually the reverse for Freya, because keep in mind that she gets first dibs on the dead warriors. Mm -hmm. So um, that doesn't really lend to being uh, female-centric. Right. And uh, there's even a famous well, story. She has male followers primarily, at least from... It's not that females didn't venerate her, but at least in the stories, Freya. Freya is mostly male followers. Right. Well, on, on the podcast where we mentioned that, we lost, what, almost half the people listening? At that point, At that yeah. moment. We're still averaging over 50% retention rate. Right, which, which is great. That's oh, that's phenomenal. Fantastic. Most people are lucky to hit 10. We, we have somewhere we have actually retained 100% from beginning to end. Yes. They're, they're rare, but we have them. Yes, because we're fantastic. Yes, we are amazing. But I would actually encourage people, use via negativa when you're trying to figure something out. Like, when you when someone starts talking about, well, Indra and Thor, well, they're, they're both the same because they're thunder gods of the Indo-European tradition, which, first of all... No, no, it's not even Indo-European. They got a new name now. It's your Indian. You guys pose I, I, that. I do, love that they, I do love that the Hindus themselves are being like, no... No, these are our gods. Fuck off. Yeah, so, and I believe that we do have some uh, Dravidian listeners. If you guys are some of these people fighting it, thank you. Yes, I'd buy you a beer, but I will probably never meet you, and I might not believe you if you met, you showed up. So. Right, yeah. But um, it's one of those things is that it sounds like it makes sense because these are both fighting gods. They're both thunder gods. On a pure academic level when you're, yeah, but sure. the, the thing is that Venn diagram, those connections, it's not that simple. There is massive differences between these There's two. There's a reason why um, most disciplines, most actual disciplines in the world do not use Venn diagrams. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's because... It's because they're too easy to manipulate. They're too easy to manipulate. And here's the thing is, if I had to describe things overlap, like the cults, for instance, because all the cults, if people pay attention to how we presented them, they're all they all have overlap. That's why we were able to lead into one and to the other. And it's because it's basically an endless fractal pattern of all these cults in a Venn diagram. Because each one has things that are unique to it, but there's a lot of overlap with all these others. And it's just the natural way of things. It's the guidelines. Well, most of the time we do this, but today we're doing this because of this. It's just how it works. Yeah. And this approach is actually useful in in so many ways, whether you're dissecting history, trying to figure out what was, um, what is, and what might be. These things have been lost in translation, and there's too many people that, I, I don't know how to word it, other than they're too busy examining their fucking belly buttons. Well, I guess the way I would put it is, if you are doing paganism and you're, you are completely and utterly self-centered or isolated. Because you don't necessarily have to be selfish. You might just be isolated. But if you're truly isolated, there's a lot missing from paganism. Mm -hmm. Because paganism is... I, there's just certain things that you can't do. It's community-oriented. It's right. like if you... Go are, out, shake some babies, and kiss some hands. Yes, precisely. W what we have to do is we actually need to understand paganism is a community-oriented thing. And, and actually, I've noticed a, uh, a bit of a problem with the general spheres is spheres that have mostly males tend to make the females because the females try to hang out with the males at the same time. They make the females behave more like the men. 
and vice versa, the ones that are very female-oriented, the men are all relatively effeminate. Not necessarily gay, but fairly effeminate. Yeah. And it's because there's there's it's, no understanding that these two are... They can work together, but the women do things with the women way, and the men do things the men way. Right. It's, it's why there's this constant battle for what is paganism. Men do men's stuff, and women, you do women's stuff. That's the way it's supposed to be. And then where we... Where we happen over, where we happen to meet in the middle, that's where we make babies. Yes, and then the babies have their own sphere because yes. that's what that's the trike, the triketra, male, female, children. Because mm-hmm. the children have always kind of had their own area. It's just in the modern day with the, which brings us into the healing cult and the ancestor right, cult. Because I was going to say that we actually end up losing, I think, as ten or fifteen subs off from Telegram, right between me posting that one. And the next one about children playing well, a- and the importance of children playing and the fact that sometimes adults need to not be involved. Yes. And why? Because the kids need to figure stuff out for themselves. Yeah. The helicopter parenting is causing way more problems than people seem to realize. It is very bad. Yes. It's it's detrimental. Let's put it that way. And it's not like, OK, I understand you can't do like uh, currently. In the situation most of us are in, we cannot do like our parents did with us or our grandparents did with our parents and so on and so forth, where it's get the hell out of the house. Come and, back for dinner. Yeah, come back for dinner. Don't come back until it's time for dinner. Oh, well, yeah, because you and get just, s- you run all over the neighborhood and stuff. You can't do that because you'll lose your kids. Completely understandable. But we need to get back to a point where children are allowed to be children and play and bump their knees and and get black eyes and scrapes and well the way to put it is people have been treating symptoms and making decisions out of desperation mm-hmm. for far far too long stop choosing the lesser of two evils and start telling them both to go fuck themselves yeah that's the thing is stop letting them take from you yeah because that's that's one of the things that's been pushed to us since we've been young well you have to choose the lesser of two evils well why do you have to choose either where is this rule written yeah, if I if I, it's uh it's actually from Game of Thrones. There's a saying. Uh there in a room stands a king, uh a rich man and a priest. Between them stands a common sellsword. Each man bids the sellsword kill the other two. Who lives, who dies and who has the true power. And here's the reality of it in that situation. Not only does the sellsword have all the power, but he can choose to kill all three of them. Yes. That is on the board. Yes, there is no choosing the lesser of two evils. There's no, well, I follow royal decree. Well, I follow money. Well, I follow priests. If all three of these are corrupt assholes, there is the option to have three heads on a pike. That post also on uh, Warriors lost us a few, and we, we've gained some back. Well, the war cult um, follows natural order. It doesn't yeah. allow the weak and the craven to rule. There's no worm tongues. You get Theoden, you get Aragorn, but you don't have Wormtongues. You don't have Boromir's dad, whose name I can't remember, but I'm getting really creepy flashes of him eating tomatoes well, in my head. And um, it, it was the one where we mentioned, yes, that the warrior can't be bought. It's by their very nature. If yeah. you can be bought, you're not a warrior. It's as simple as that. You are a mercenary. You are a soldier. It's not a job. You can't be a warrior. It is a job. literally a way of being, and that's what all these cults are. Is it is a way of being, and it's the fundamental core of who you are. And, yeah, this will change over time, but it's through this method that you can kind of figure out which one you actually fit in. 
And again, we've tried to strip off the surface of all of these things because it's easy. It's it's easy to say a mortician is a death cultist. Well, he could be an animist. He could also be an ancestor cultist. Yes. He could also be a healing cultist. He could be a he could belong a to, war cultist. Right. The profession and the cult doesn't doesn't necessarily walk hand in hand, and neither do. Sorry to break it to you, and we're probably going to lose a bunch of listeners right now. The gods and the cults that we're talking about, they don't necessarily... Yeah, the cult of Dionysus doesn't necessarily have to go with a war cultist. Right, you can have a fertility cultist following Tyr. You can have a... um, War cultist following Idun. Yes. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of like the opposites, the extreme opposites based on on uh, perception and what god said you can have a sailor uh follow uh, a sea cultist following rubizol right well i was gonna say the dog though but yes and, it, and it's it doesn't it doesn't work that way yeah it just it doesn't necessarily work that way it's everything it's it's simple is ridiculously simple for us which i think is part of the mess that everybody's getting in is they're being led by a non-hyperborean way of thinking. Well, it's like people that try to use Old Norse words when we have English equivalents. Like luck. Luck is actually a European word. Mm-hmm. People know what it means, and they understand it's more complex than it's let forth. But if you use an Old Norse word, well, now you have the secrets. Oh, yeah, this is some, uh, something I was going to bring up before, is a lot of people, they want to be taken seriously. It's the same thing with uh, why the smarticle people try talking about the various pantheons. They for a long time you you noticed this they tried to describe it in the same way as the greek and roman pantheons the reason why they did that if you actually read the books themselves they will even explain you have to do this to be taken serious in academic and scholarly oh yeah circles. like the prosetta it is written as best it can to mimic the greek and roman pantheons yes and, and not- why because that's just what everybody was doing and when you first started writing you was writing in a particular way to be taken serious as an academic. And now I don't care about that. Right. And now you don't care about it. One, because you realize that you aren't an academic. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. That as you're best a storyteller. I can be, at least. Right. But you wanted to be taken seriously. To be taken seriously, I have to do this. But then, but I'm saying things that they don't want to hear. So therefore, they're not going to take me serious anyways. Fuck them then. Artists will draw things certain ways, put. Why? Because they want to be taken seriously. Same way with musicians, writers. It doesn't matter what the field is. Everybody wants to be taken seriously. Here's what you need to do. Fly them one bird and then the other. Because it it doesn't matter. They're not going to take you serious anyways. Well, if you go against the grain, if everybody says, I don't know, heathens would, I don't know, wash their hair and urine. Every Thursday, if you could convince some of these other people that are easily buying into stuff that this was the case, guess what they would start doing? The the market value of urine would go up. Then you'd have people pushing their brand of urine. And guess what they would push? Oh, yeah. The story that heathens wash their hair in urine every Thursday. Well, my personal favorite is there's actually a trend right now for uh, drinking your own urine. Yes. So it's it's. I love how hippie-ish the Christianity is getting because it's been it became it's become a fad to enter Christianity. Yes, 
And it's that, mo- that's why Christianity is growing. Is it? It's a fad. You got your YouTubers doing it, and then they're talking about it. And oh, my life is wonderful since I went to Christianity, and so well, on. Well, and so it's forth. like the guy that I was talking to at work yesterday. He went to Christianity, non-denominational, so he didn't even bother to research mm-hmm. that. And from what I can tell, it was literally because of a bad breakup. So desperation. It's the same thing. That it's the same thing they've always all on. cults thrive on desperation well and we're not referring to the type of cults that we were referring yeah. to earlier yeah. we're referring well, to the charles manson version of cults, right. not the old school version of cults it's why we didn't want to use the word cult but there's but no we, better word yeah we can't at least we couldn't think of one yet well eventually we probably will eventually we will it's like a lot of things we eventually think of a better word like hyperborean instead of uh, instead uh, of white or european or, yeah or um chimera instead of hybrid or mutt right and here's the thing is I'm going to give I'm going to paint a picture. Let's say that we were able to bring these things back. These things that if you look around, you can see that they're missing. You can define them as by the very absence they leave. How would the world be different if we were able to bring these cults back? And it would be decades and, of and healing. bring them back strong. Yes. The communities would be healed. The the. The people would be able to go into the woods. The nature would thrive, but not at our expense, but at our our betterment you would have people exploring do innovating again you would have the traditions again you would have people loving life and enjoying it knowing that it ends at some point but we get to enjoy it while we're here mm-hmm. so much could come back so much could be more beautiful well shit just more trees in the cities there's no reason why there can't be more trees in the cities well and here's the thing is m- cities are full of empty buildings replace mm-hmm. those with forests or heck turn them into something else something more useful Mm -hmm. it's not it's not as hopeless as people think it is the reality is there are so many options so many possibilities and they're not they're not that hard to accomplish so long as people are facing the direction of wanting things to change for the better that's the core thing there and i think with that i'm going to go ahead and say use the via negativa method Look around. Describe things by what they are not. Look at what is missing. Look at what something definitely isn't. Paganism is not a universalistic faith. So if people are presenting it in that way, you should probably notice that they're not actually practicing paganism. They are practicing a new age universalist faith. And look around and see all the places where paganism is lacking. Just because you use the name Odin, like Melusine is used on Starbucks sign. That doesn't make Melusine. Uh, that doesn't mean they're invoking Melusine. They're using Melusine. They are taking. They are not giving. And with that, the Lord Keeper is going to sign off. All right. And if you've made it to the end, thank you. You win the game. Um, consider following us on Patreon because that would help us out a lot. It'll help us with the uh, the quality of the shows that we can do, so on and so forth. You know, unfortunately, we're fighting an information and um, entertainment war. So, yeah. The dollars count. Currently, right now, we are 100% funded by the people that listen to us and read our content. So, on that note, uh, yeah, everybody stay strong, man. And, uh, yeah, see you next week.